And welcome to the Arkin Brothers Talk About Movies. I'm Matthew Arkin. That's my brother, Anthony Arkin. And today we are back after a long hiatus and we're talking about 1985's Crime Wave, directed by Sam Raimi, written by the Coen Brothers and starring a prepubescent Reed Burney, who we are lucky enough to have on the show with us today. So please stick around. about cocktails that are stylish, movies great or phony, and how Tony should win, and Matthew, and Matthew should win, and Tony, but in the meantime, talking about film in the meantime, the Arkin Brothers talk about movies. <laughs> How did they get footage of our viewers? That's pretty amazing. Reacting to our show, laughing. Yeah. Laughing and crying. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Hey, brother. Um, hey, brother. It's been a long time since it we've has done been. this. We're back. We're back in the saddle, back doing the show. And back with a bang great. with a special guest today. Yeah, we do have a special guest. Very, very exciting. Always when we have a guest, it's clear they've never heard the show. So yeah. we have, you know, once they do, they're not coming on. They're not coming so we, on. So we have them very fresh. Sometimes they run screaming in the middle of the episode. I, I had nothing to do with it. If we do it right. <laughs> there we go. If we that, do it right. Yeah. Um, so we haven't done the, this is our first show of 2023. I didn't realize we have not done a show in the new year yet. Yeah, that's right. Our last show, our last show was like right before Christmas. Hard times. Right. Oh, it was a Christmas, our Christmas show. A Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah. What have you been doing? What have you been keeping yourself? What's going on? I've been napping, just Good. basically since Good. then. Doctor's orders. Yeah. Right. No, I had January off from teaching at the college. Uh, they have an interterm there that I don't teach during the interterm. And uh, I was catching up on a lot of other work. I wrote a short film. Uh, in oh, did the, you? Yeah. I wrote a, a little short film. There's that a lot be, of money in that. There short is films. A, yeah. No, I'm very I excited. I keep going. Yeah. Uh, but going to be producing it with a friend of mine. Um, and so we're starting. There we go. Uh, so looking forward to that. Um, and, uh, and watching the great British baking show. That's what I've been doing with my time. Expanding your horizons. Yeah. Yeah. You have nothing um, to say to me watching the Great British Bank. I think it says you? it all. I think that says everything <laughs> that could be said. What am I going to add to that? <laughs> are there, are, is it the children's version of it too? That would be even better if there were the the British children's baking show. I know there's a, a youth oriented baking oh, I show. Didn't know that. No, I'm watching the adult one. Well, I've completely misfired this because now you're going to watch that. I wanted to wean you off the baking shows with some drama. Yeah. So this no, must have been a nice break. Our film, our film this month. Have you seen a movie at all since we, since we began this year? Had I seen a movie at all? Uh, you know, I don't know that I have seen. Really, a movie. really now. Yeah, it's kind of. It's alarming. interesting for somebody that, you know, created a podcast about movies. <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be taken to task today. I can tell. No. I can tell. 
we go. The elevator scene. I love the elevator. What have you been up to? You've been busy uh, shooting a movie. Made a movie. Shot a movie. A anyway. feature feature film. So you a could get a movie. Rich. Oh, boy, is there money in independent cinema? Oh! <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> Ilya, you picked you picked probably my favorite moment of the year so far. That has that was my favorite thing that's happened all year was that close up of Reed. <laughs> so yeah, I made a movie. Um, have been teaching, uh, continue to teach our class at Freeman Studios here in the city, and um, planning the year ahead. You know, a lot of strategy goes into this. What kind of stuff do you teach at at the Freeman Studios? Do you teach the necktie, the flying necktie acting? Oh, we teach the we teach a lot of different necktie and bow tie tricks. We teach the spinning bow tie, um, we teach <laughs> the flying necktie. Uh, we teach how to have a necktie fly off of you across a room. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, a lot of different gags from the twenties. The tw the twenties gags never grow stale. Do you teach people? Okay, there we go. <laughs> we might lose our guest before we even bring him on. It, it, impossible. You can't be a part of film history the way that, the, and I mean this in all seriousness, you can't be a part of film history like this and, and, and walk off the show before you talk about it. That's true. Uh, well, we, I mean, we, if Reed wants to walk off, I hope he does it to our faces and, yeah. and angrily. Yeah, <laughs> it would be great. <laughs> But I, I do want to I do want to say a couple of things before we bring him on. Reed is uh, a brilliant actor, uh, a, an old, uh, a very dear friend of mine. Who, uh, interestingly enough, uh, we met. Uh, there were years where people were saying to me, um, "Well, you know, Reed said blah blah," and I'd say, "Reed, who who?" And for some reason, people thought that we knew each other and that we were old and dear friends when we had never met. And I should bring him on and tell this story to his face. Maybe he'll have yeah. something to say. Maybe he'll contradict. Maybe he will disagree with you. Yeah, which is what I'm secretly hoping for. He'll say, "We're not dear friends. <laughs> what are you? What are you talking about?" So I'm going to bring on uh, my dear friend, regardless of what he may think of me, and the star of Crime Wave. Reed Bernie. Who is Hi, I'm left. Vic. Mm -hmm. ah! I think he's already he's left. left. The studio. He's left. He left. He's completely he's sick of no, us. He's back now. And he really left. Know, and there, he is. there he is. Hello. There Welcome is. to the show. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> so, so for years, people were saying, yeah, Reed. I was talking to Reed. And I'd say, it's Reed. funny. Reed. Not one person ever said to me, you know, Matthew says. Yeah. Not one. <laughs> For Clarifications. Reason, this is what we wanted. For some reason, people thought we were we were dear friends, and then finally, uh, we were at, and maybe this is auspicious, was auspicious. We were both at the memorial service of an actor who had died during the run of a show that I was in with her, Margot Skinner. Yes, uh, wonderful actress, uh, great lady, wonderful lady, and sadly, she passed away during the run of, of a play that was yeah, I love Margot. Yeah, I Mar I knew Margot well too. And, and um, I went to the thing because I'd done a play with her in Cincinnati a couple of years before. And somebody pointed out that that was Reed Bernie across the room, and so I walked up to Reed and I said, "Hey, 
apparently people think that we're old and dear friends and we've never met. You want to get a cup of coffee after the memorial. We went and, to the coffee shop and sat for a couple of hours. Yeah, we it's sat madness. and madness. It took us hours to discover that we had nothing in common. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That is true. That actually um, what then, can, can I can you give a, a rough year to this meeting? What I mean, what what year was the Moonlight and Marigolds or whatever it was called? Moonlight and Magnolias, it was 2006. 2006. So it's, um, you know, it's been 17 it? years that you've been playing. If I have my uh math correct, you had just come off a couple of episodes of Law and Order Criminal Intent, Reed. Had I? That was pretty much all I was doing. My career was really pretty tragic. Um, Was? After Crime Wave. (laughs) (laughs) Until 2008. Those were 35 really lean years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When did you start just killing it on stage, though? I mean, because well, uh, that was happening in tandem, I right? Always had. <laughs> I wonder if he's read this book. It wasn't really blasted in 2008. Soho Rep was the thing that sort of changed everything and put me on the map. And uh, so, yeah, two so, years after we met. Right. After Matt and I met. So you were both still forming your 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 actor personalities, your careers. Well, it was it was late in the game. I was already in my fifties, uh, but um, you know, hope was still alive at that point. So, um, uh, <laughs> you're like, making me feel really much better about myself right now. Thank you. Hope was going. alive for him, and I was already well past the. Uh, <laughs> you had already given up the, the apogee of my career in 1999. It's all a big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Starting the long, slow decline from 1999's Dinner with Friends to where I am now, understudying at South Coast Repertory. So, you know. And naturally, I can explain everything. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the movie actually looks a lot funner in, like, three-second clips. Yeah, the three-second clips are awesome. It couldn't possibly have been worse. You met me, didn't you? Oh, <laughs> when was the last time you saw crime wave it came out on blu-ray a couple of years ago and i got a copy and and watched it I think. okay is that does bruce campbell do a, a commentary on that new release is that uh i think that the, there's a british release that just uses everything from the um what's the company that does all the cool movies uh that releases them that yeah oh. Yeah, like Arrow Video, or or there's a couple of them. Um, yeah, um, I think they took everything, but they the British people contacted me because I had given them, I had a Betamax camera I'd gotten for Christmas when we were filming it, and um, I took a lot of backstage stuff. Oh my god! And so um, I sent that to the Blu-ray people of us just, you know, hanging out on the oh set. Oh my God. That's a treasure that's, trove. I bet that's on the, that's on the, on the U S Blu-ray. And then the British people contacted me and said, is there anything else? And I said, well, I've got about 400 production stills. Uh, so I digitized those and sent them along. And those are all on the new Blu-ray release. Cause I have, yeah. I do have to get that. I would love to see the behind the scenes stuff that you took. 
Yeah, it's not it's not that long, but it's there's some good cool footage of filming the car chase, me right. hanging onto the car. Um, Any good shots of Sam Raimi looking absolutely miserable? All which of them. I, I I okay. <laughs> When this movie was made, you were quite a big uh, film star at the time. No, no. I had no? done one movie. I had done Four Friends with Arthur Penn uh, that Steve Tessich wrote, which came out in 81. And then um, about a year later, we filmed this in 82, in the fall of 82. And so uh, I had any, any kind of little cachet I had from Four Friends is what propelled me into... Um, crime wave the, because in the in the wikipedia article they make they make a big deal out of bruce not being able to play this role because oh, he was a big star well i think it was more about i wasn't a big star either but i think it was more about the studio wanting to sort of exert power over sam and rob and and bruce because because they can and they wanted to <laughs> okay um, I, I, i'll shall i tell you how i got the part yes please um because uh, we saw the film and we were wondering yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right um i had been uh it was it was october of 82 and i was out one night i came back uh, with my girlfriend, and there was a message on the machine. It was really late from Barbara Clayman. Remember Barbara Clayman? Yeah. Reed, call me. And I had just gotten cast in a play with um, Max Mayer, going to be directing, that I'd really campaigned hard for to be a photojournalist in Vietnam. Something I, nobody, they shouldn't have cast me in, but they did because um, I looked 12. But uh, I had grown a beard. And. Um, Barbara said, I'm casting this movie in Detroit and the, uh, the guy that they cast has been in an accident and they need somebody really fast. Could you fly to Detroit tomorrow morning? And I said, well, I'm supposed to help with the casting, the leading lady of this play I've just been in. What's the movie? <clears throat> and she says, it's called The XYZ Murder." And I said, oh, Barbara, that sounds terrible. Well, it's the <laughs> second feature by Sam Raimi, who's just done something called The Evil Dead. And I said, Barbara, this sounds awful. Uh, and she said, it's the lead in a movie, Reed. I said, well, <laughs> it said, what time's the flight? I'll be there. <laughs> I, flew, I flew out to Detroit and had to call Max Mayer from Detroit uh, to say that I wasn't going to be able to help today because I'm in in." Detroit helping uh, getting cast in a movie. I read once for Sam and he said on the spot, I'd love you to do it. I had a full beard. And uh, so I actually just found my audition. It was on three quarter inch cassette and I had wow. it transferred. I finally saw it for the first time since 1982. I should have sent that to you. We could have run it. Oh my wow. God. Um, anyhow, um, so I, I literally flew back that night, packed a bag and, and, and flew back out and started filming. Had you seen Evil Dead at this no, point? I had not. I think so, he showed it for us when we were on this 
set. He had like a cassette copy of it and watched it in the office. Because it was a new phenomenon at that point. I mean, a lot of people were still, didn't even know it existed. Um, and Blood Simple, I think, had already come out maybe. That, and the Coen brothers and, and Sam knew each other from NYU. Right. And, uh, they, they did this, you know, had written this movie. And I think somehow or other they'd gotten Ed Pressman, who's still alive, I think, the, our producer, um, to, to finance it. Because they were all kind of hot. But it was Embassy Pictures, which was nothing. And, right. uh, and uh, we made the movie. I had the most fun, honestly. It was so much fun. Even with Crazy Brian and Scary Paul. And Louise Glasser <laughs> was, uh, was very nice to me. But she was nervous and temperamental. Um, and... Uh, I heard that you said crazy Brian. I heard that he trashed his hotel room. Yeah. Because he was trying to exercise a ghost from the lighting fixtures. There was some, some kind of demon was behind the wallpaper too. The ghost of his girlfriend's ex-boyfriend was haunting. I would have trashed my room too. That's terrible. I hate when that happens. I, I, I seem to remember hearing about it and Brian was clearly high a lot of the time. Um, but I didn't have that much to do with him. He was nice to me. Paul, Paul, who I think is completely revoiced in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, he is almost in everything he's done. I yeah. think Popeye yeah. as well. I mean, and his voice is not a bad voice, but I think he's got sort of an Israeli accent. Maybe he had already done um, Midnight Express, where mm-hmm. he was the incredibly scary guy in that. This was before Popeye, where he was Bluto. Right. He had already done the in-laws. Had he? With your dad. In the late 70s, yeah. Were they friendly? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think it was unfriendly, but it wasn't. He yeah. has no stories about no Paul. No stories Let's put about it that Paul. Way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I did sell my car to Paul at the end of the shoot, and I was so naive, I didn't know I needed to take my license plates off. So okay. he racked up hundreds of dollars of tickets driving the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. Um, so such a long clip you said scary paul (laughs) scary paul he was he was he just was so enormous and so terrifying to look at he yeah you know and he was also um uh had a huge ego huge Uh, huge ego tell him it's a two for one sale a line i still quote um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he was he was okay with me in the fight scene. He you know he was um, he was uh, not um, mean and he didn't hurt me when he okay. Had- well, that's good. I mean, yeah. look, I, you know, if you haven't seen the movie, what Reed's talking about is really notable because clearly you had to spend more time with Paul and Crazy Brian than than almost anybody because of all the action stuff on that car. You must right. have been in a studio for a week just like doing choreography with them a couple of days it was a couple oh no that's a lot of shooting for a couple days 
That guy was a stunt guy. That wasn't Brian. Um, uh, I think we did all the stuff, sort of the green screen stuff, and then we had a, a, a night or two out on the actual bridge. Okay. Which was frozen. I hear frozen, everything. Solid. And then there was another ending to the movie that doesn't nobody's ever seen, where when I fall off the bridge, uh, the, the whole bookend thing of me in jail was added a year later. Okay. I thought maybe that was never part of the movie. And, um, I fall off into the bridge and then the dawn is coming and Nancy comes and gets me in the river and pulls me out and, you know, then it cuts to the wedding. Um, and I had to be in the incredibly frozen river. Oh no. Had to, um, break up the ice with dynamite. That's not apocryphal. That's a real, that's a real thing. As yeah. one does. They right? had to, you, know, you got to do what you got to do. Guardrail, that's all. That's all. What I know about Raimi and his early productions made me very scared while I was watching. While I was watching this, I, I'm glad to hear you had a good time because I thought that from some of the things I heard, it could be the worst experience that anybody's ever had. There's a a really good YouTube video essay uh that somebody put together a year or so ago called um the disaster that almost was or something and he goes he does a very deep dive into the production um things like when mr um ober with the boss man's glasses break Mm -hmm. it was they shot bb's into his glasses so um you know (laughs) It's just, you know, you got to get the shot. But they no shot them from this end, and mistakes do happen. Oh, my God. They shot them from behind, correct? Into the glass to make it explode outwards. I don't know. I just know that there were BBs involved. Okay, because that's what that. they did uh, for the shot in The Godfather when um, Mo Green gets shot in the eye. Yeah. They had a, they had a tube running along the the uh, earpiece of the glasses to behind the uh, glass and they they put the, they ran the blood through the tube with a BB in front of it so the BB I, shattered the glass and then too, the blood came through it uh, that's way too high tech for where where we were I um, honestly wait wow. Tony you're, you're muted there Tony yeah I don't it doesn't sound to me like they were that sophisticated on crime wave I think they just shot him in the face. They're just like, how are we going to get these glasses to break? I know, shoot. Um, so, I, why not? I'm I'm nerding out a little bit because I'm you know I'm an Evil Dead fanatic, and I met Sam on a, on a film. My dad, our dad, worked with Sam in a movie called Indian Summer, and uh, Sam was in that movie. He had a bit part in that film, and he had just he finished. Well. What's that? Did he direct it as well? No, he was just uh, friends with the director and hanging out. And um, I got to meet him, and he was this, he's a very sweet, got mild mannered, gentle guy. Yeah. And then uh, the the videotape of Evil Dead was running around the crew, and it was it, so I got it one night, and I popped it in and saw it, and I like could not <laughs> put this guy with that movie. No. When you saw Evil Dead on set, when you got there and they screened it, was it? Did you feel like you were in good hands, or or were you more worried after seeing it? Well, they were, they, uh, I wasn't worried ever. 
um, they were such a tight bomb. Rod, Rod, Rob Tappert and Bruce and Sam had all worked on Evil Dead and they, a couple of other guys uh, had been on it who were helping out. So it had a real sort of fun high school guerrilla feeling to it. You right. know what I mean? We're just, we're making a movie. Now, I know that it was ultimately torture for Sam, which he never, ever shared with me. But there was a whole action sequence. The, the fight on the bridge was the second version. In the original script, it was a whole fight in the subways uh, in the, under the sewer system, which he then recycled in Spider-Man 2. That big fight oh, is right. exactly the fight that we were meant to do in Crime Wave. And I remember the day that he came. We were way behind schedule. And he came to the dressing room and he said, we're, we have to cut the, the fight in the sewers. Um, and we've come up with this thing on the bridge instead. Um, so I, I, he was, it's one of the reasons that the Coen brothers and Sam have disowned the movie is that it was the, the studio tortured him making it. And then they took, he spent a year cutting it and then they took it away from him and did another cut. So his famous quote is, I wouldn't use crime wave for porno filler. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, uh, that's pretty sad. Did you ever see his cut? No. No. And then um, <clears throat> Embassy went out of business. They went bankrupt. Um, I, I guess just before they released it, it went, they went bankrupt. Um, yeah, they don't even, they didn't exist after that. And, uh, Sam had at one point late at night, we were filming something on the streets downtown, two o'clock in the morning, sitting around waiting for the setup. And <clears throat> Sam turned to me, said, there's a part for you read in every movie I make. Wow. <laughs> it's funny. I, I don't remember you in Spider-Man. I don't remember. <laughs> anything he cast me a hundred years later i auditioned to play the mayor in spider-man 3 oh, okay and i went in and i i said to the casting lady who didn't know anything about crime wave i said look i made a movie with sam could i just say hi to him before yes and she said okay so i said hi sam <laughs> this is me as a middle-aged man here we are and um and he cast me as the mayor in Spider-Man 3. Okay. That's romance. <laughs> for a scene. Shocking every time. Um, for a scene at City Hall. And then literally I had a fitting and blah, blah, blah. The day, the night before, there was an incredible wind advisory. And so they were very scared about filming and rejiggered the scene and the mayor was cut. One mother loving hell of a storm brewing. Well, at least he tried. You know, I mean, he, he tried and I've never heard from him since. Yeah. Uh, do you know who that guy is in that clip with me? In who? Yellow? Who is? No, I can tell. No, how? He'll play in my head. Who is that guy? His name is Emil Sitka. And he was in very, very many Three Stooges movies. Oh my God. Oh, wow. And so yeah. they 
obviously adore the Three Stooges. Mm -hmm. I got Emil Sitka to come out and film this one scene. I mean, it was thrilling. That's fantastic. Yeah. Were you, you, you I'm, I'm, I have to assume that because of the style of what you were able to do here, you were already a fan of the kinds of stuff they were satirizing and riffing on in this movie. I, like, I, I, I had a fairly misspent youth for sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I, I knew it, it didn't take much explaining for me to get the, the thing. Now I did, I did spend a lot of time because I was a serious stage actor um, talking to Sam about sort of grounding it in some kind of reality. And, well, that's uh, very, as you watch the film, all of that work is very apparent. Medium, well done. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I will be showing this to my students when they when they ask me about how do you do very stylized comedic work and still keep it grounded in reality <laughs> i will be i will be using clips from this movie <laughs> that's the funniest thing in the movie <laughs> i disagree because you have the two funniest things in this movie for me like by a mile I can't and imagine. No, you're you're holy moly with the tie. Yeah, I'm not. I it the timing of all of those moments of all of that is holy moly. It's just great. That was the first day of filming, um, and Sam literally there was fishing wire to my tie, my clip-on tie, and he was <laughs> yeah. And you were thinking, I have arrived. This is exactly what this I want to be the, doing. Yeah, this is this is it. I am there. Um, there's a story about, uh, you know, I was not the first person cast, obviously, because Barbara called in a panic. Bruce had not never been cast. They were never going to use Bruce. The studio was never going to allow them to use Bruce. So they cast another actor who is a friend of mine now. Um, not me. I, not you. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> He had gone through some kind of uh, audition process with um, with Sam in L.A. and gotten cast. And then he took a bottle of champagne over to the casting lady's house to celebrate. And he showed up in the middle of a fight with her boyfriend. And he tried to intervene. And the boyfriend punched him in the face and broke his cheekbone. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. So he was out. <laughs> Something like that. This is like how how he gets the job in Rosemary's Baby. This is to, this is good and bad news. <laughs> wow! I stole his tie. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, horrible, horrible. And he had, you know, months and months of reconstruction and oh. lawsuits and all kinds of stuff. And meanwhile, I went off to Detroit to make the movie. Um, Bruce Campbell, they beefed up his part as Ronaldo so that he would have something to do. I think he's fantastic in the movie. Oh, as he's, yeah, he's great. And, um, but to this day, 
people still write. Who's Reed Bernie? Bruce Campbell should have played Vic Ajax. <laughs> God. Yeah. mean fans it, it started here this is where it started in 1985 it started you know um I've, I've done a little bit more so maybe i'm not quite as an unknown entity as i was for the, the first 40 years but um <laughs> you know really it's 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 unrelenting the rage that at my game well, you know i'm gonna i'm gonna say that i think that this is the, this is they this is the right casting though i i gotta i'm a huge bruce campbell fan and as you yeah. know i'm a fan of yours as well but i feel like he he can't he couldn't access the legitimate innocence i think that you I, were able to project I, I don't think so i don't think so um and that lives or and dies by that you know by his innocence to right. this and I, I so i thought it was great and yeah. that he was perfect for ronaldo so now there's a generation of people who grew up you know, saw it on HBO in 1988 and grew up not knowing Bruce Campbell and any of this stuff. And they are far more accepting of me as Vic. I would think so. Than, they, uh, that's the Reed Bernie fan club. They're <laughs> <laughs> both right here. Let me... <laughs> they're, all, they're all right there on the couch. Yes. Right here. Next to the lunchbox collection. <laughs> <laughs> How um, how amazing is that? And the 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 uh, hallway of doors. The the look that there are moments of genius here. Genius. Ah! Look out! That hallway of doors. Uh, the, par sequence. the parade of protection. Parade of parade of protection was very dangerous. It looks it. It looks like somebody could have gotten really and, badly hurt. And. Uh, I think Louise did a lot of it. I don't think it was a stunt person. I well, think... you can see her coming through those doors. It's her yeah. for a lot of it. And, and she's fallen behind at one point. Oh. Uh, it really looks like she's about to get clobbered. Um, did you get was... hurt doing this movie? I don't think I did. Surprising. Anyone calling me? Now he, Paul, somewhere in there, it's a stunt person with a Paul Smith mask on. I think I caught that. Yeah. Wow. Um, but everything collapses on that dude at the. You can see like four flats hit this guy when yeah, he goes yeah, down. No CGI, kids. Pretty crazy that, stuff. Yeah. That no was, CGI. Yeah, that was the real thing. Really doing it. Mm -hmm. Now, were you aware of the uh, the havoc that you were causing in the the nursing home that you were shooting in front of for a week? Do you know? Do you know what happened there? In the flying bottle with the note in it. That was the, you mean the opening of the storm stuff. Yeah. That. Yeah, the, I wasn't. I wasn't around for that. I think that. Yeah, I wasn't around for that. One of the residents of the nursing home finally threw a bottle out a window with a note inside it that said, the noise is keeping me awake all night long and I am getting sick. 
I am dying because of you. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's that's why we, we tell our students, you know, be kind to the neighbors. Remember, you represent Chapman. <laughs> you just got to get the shot. You got to um, get the shot. We shot the, the ballroom sequence at the Tuller Hotel, which has been torn down. But it was an old grand hotel downtown um, that had been abandoned, basically, and was completely falling apart inside derelict. And they had gone in and cleaned up this little, this room for the shot. But I don't think there was any electricity in the building. It was freezing cold. <laughs> that trombone it's player. Inc it's incredible. It's the composer of the music. Oh, really? Uh, Nice. Yeah. Everybody's in here. They did a lot of shemping, apparently. Where a lot of you know, and then they they came up with the term fake shemp. Do you know that term? No, there's fake shemp as well. Fake shemp is when shemp died, making whatever movie he was making with the kids. Right. They had a fake shemp come in, so uh, <laughs> they would refer to like the Paul Smith guy with the mask on would be a fake shemp. Oh, okay going through the hallway but yeah. a, but a crew member just, just like playing a background character that's just shimping shimping okay right. okay now, how did they get you how did they get julie harris in this movie <laughs> you needed a job <laughs> no she needs a job seriously mean, how did they get you mean louise lasser no julie harris is listed in the credits as uncredited in this movie voices probably Perhaps Are she did a lot. Barbara Harris. A Barbara Harris. No. There's a Barbara Harris who does looping, loop group. Yes. Yeah. No, um, I'm I'm looking at the IMDb. I think it's dedicated. <laughs> it's dedicated to Julie Harris. I think is what you're saying. It right? is. The film. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that man is innocent. Nancy. Oh. Do we see Fran McDormand in the nun group? Yep. Mm -hmm. I miss that. Oh, man. There's so many Easter eggs in it. Uh, yeah. For real. Did you? Okay, I have a question. Was there any... And you said it didn't take a lot of explanation for you, which I, I, I can understand if you've seen a lot of movies and a lot of cartoons and stuff. Right. But right. Um, was did, did Raimi ever give a statement about what it is what stylistically everybody was supposed to be reaching for or was everybody kind of on their own just trying to figure it out um there was a lot of referencing three stooges but, okay but i don't think he ever sat us down and said this is my vision for the film because i see the three stooges which i see in all this stuff but i like m more in this movie i was seeing uh matthews had it <laughs> Crime Wave to me is like a Max Fleischer cartoon come to life or, you know, like it almost has more of that surreal uh, Fleischer quality to it. Yeah. Than Sto Stooges. Uh, well, what I, the way I've described it for 
40 something years is it's a three stooges movie directed by alfred hitchcock <laughs> that's, that's you know that's perfect yeah like that shot of of, of um, mr i forget his name falling out of the window is very vertigo oh yeah yeah you know, very there's vertigo. there are brevert What kind of paranoid schizo could kill a man in cold blood and then jelly up his face with shaving cream? That guy's been in a ton of... That's Richard norm. Bright. He's yeah. in The Godfather. Right. And right. Um, uh, he was a nice enough guy. I'm sure he was standing around thinking, how has my career come to this? But uh, uh, he was he was a nice guy. He was pleasant. Um, you know, didn't really take much in. Right. Um, so many of them are gone now. Um, uh, listen, I just have to get a chance to tell you before we go. It's like, I really love you, the core. <laughs> it's a terrific place you got here. Oh, God, gee, your hair really smells terrific. You know, I don't get a chance to talk to people like that, you know, especially girls like you, you know. When I was in school, my mom used to like, never let me talk to anybody, you know, and I hated my mom. That's why I got into the rodent business, you know. Every time I kill one of those guys, you know, I see my mom in her face, you know. Man, that, that's the bad wolf from the Max Fleischer cartoon. You're right. That was all improv. He he came up with that on the set that day. Boy, is he he is he a game actor? He I've seen him just do anything. Well, he... I think that's part of his you know was part of his greatness and his downfall is that he yeah. was completely fearless. Yeah, he got yeah. sober I think at the end of his life and and. Uh, was a completely different person. I, I saw him on an interview and he, he was unrecognizable. Wow. To me. Yeah. But he, he was leading a very fast and hard life in Detroit. That's the, uh, Oh, he's a Detroit guy. No. When, when we were, Oh, when you were shooting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, there's so much that is unique about this movie. And, and um, the first thing I, I think of is like, we don't see like for low budget, scrappy, guerrilla style movies yeah you don't see anybody shut down three city blocks and light them anymore on film and and there's something about like right. the scope of what they were actually you all actually did here uh in this just broken down city where you just seemed like you just had this whole city as a toy box in this weird well way. there was, it was just sections of it but there was nothing happening in downtown detroit at that point um, so it wasn't a big deal to shut down three blocks. It was right. really, a, it was, um, a war zone down there. Um, and I think that the police department and the government was thrilled to have anything, anything going yeah. on there. We did shut down the Belle Isle bridge for the, the fight scene. And that was a big deal. I can imagine. I mean, I really couldn't believe the scope of it. I'd never seen Crime Wave before, which is surprising. I, I'm a I'm a big fan of the you know the people that made this movie, and I've seen. Uh, other than this, I was pretty much a completist on a lot of stuff. But this was actually hard to find for a while. I, I think when it was I was very hard to find for a know, while, and now I think it's on Amazon. Is that where you guys watched it? I saw it on on Tubi, but it's on a bunch of yeah. places, and it's available on Blu-ray. And you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it amazes me truly that it has become a, a cult movie. Honestly. Well, I think it, it could lead to a whole Reed Bernie resurgence. No. <laughs> um, Would but... you like to have some lunch some evening? 
I'm sorry, no. Uh, or a cup of coffee? No. No, really, I am. Uh... I'll pay. <laughs> that was sort of like when we first met, actually. Very similar. My foot did not fit in that bucket, and it was complete. Do you? <laughs> Do you have a favorite moment of yours, a gag, or one thing that's just that you feel like really just just makes you happy when you see it? Um, well, you know, when you see a movie, mostly all it does is really remind you of the time you. Yeah, it's like a whole it's like movie the for you. Movie ever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's mostly what I think about when I see it about context that we filmed in um i like the tie thing i think that's pretty funny and a friend sent me a, a gif of it the uh the other day oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect gif yeah yeah perfect gif. um uh i i loved doing the fight actually i'm i'm sort of proud of myself in the fight you know that's well, the one and taste, only time i'm sure i'll have an action sequence taste justice and uh you know, you've gotten to work with some great writers and you've gotten to say some great things, but taste justice. And here's one for all the folks everywhere. Um, I, I don't I don't know that, you know, how often as actors do we get the opportunity to to, to really have gold like that drip from like her mouth? It was my idea to to recite Cherish to her. At the oh, that's that's great. That was brilliant. And and uh, there was that was a big, big, big conversation because they had to get the rights. Right. Oh, I was thinking like you and, didn't uh, just wing it. They had to figure no, it out. No, no, it was it, it. I went to him at one point because there was it, what is in the movie now is sort of half what they wrote and half cherish. And uh, um. Uh, it took a lot of convincing on my part to get him to do wow. it. And I'm, uh, I, I didn't think it would end up in the movie because I'm not sure they were ever really in love with it. But, uh... My personal favorite Reed Bernie moment uh, is that $36 interchange you have with her. I think that's that I had to stop. I was laughing so hard when you, <laughs> she says, would you give me $36? And you say, sure, if I had $36 on me, I don't usually walk around with that much money on me. <laughs> Kill well, me, man. Here's a fun fact. Uh, if you go back and look at the actual bill that's placed on the table, um, you can see that they had originally written something like 96 on it. And they realized as they went to shoot it that that was wrong. <laughs> so they got some white out. <laughs> got rid of yeah. the nine. But it's still bleeding <laughs> It's so bad. Oh, God. There are moments where you don't know what's happening, I found. There are a few moments where you're just unclear as to what what exactly is it. Are we, you can't are follow we, the plot. Yeah, like you've lost what yeah. happens in his, in even one shot like you're just confused there's a shot of paul where he comes towards the camera and he's doing something and i it it lingers on him for a bit and it doesn't look like anybody shooting it or in front of the camera really was sure what was supposed to be happening it, it may have been one of those um mcguffin things where they just needed to get him from point a to point b for the next probably call. Probably. So they just had to have some kind of a trend. I remember yeah. hearing, I'm the Papa, sweetheart. That thing. That Brilliant. Was, well, 
rug pull. Amazing. It's brilliant. I mean, there's just, there's like Buster Keaton level ideas yeah. in this Crazy. movie. I remember hearing just sidebar uh, in the movie of Sleuth, there was a continuity error of uh, a red raincoat in the closet. And they realized it while they were filming and they couldn't go back. So there's a shot, I think, of Michael Caine literally bringing a red coat and hanging it up in the closet <laughs> for no reason except it needs to be there. Which is way more confusing than just <laughs> having a red coat, like an accident. Right. Wow. Uh, there may have been several things like that in Crime Wave where you just had to. So yeah. many great gags. The well, maybe I'm a guy who. Oh! I gotta watch this movie. It's so much damn fun. I also thought Tom and Jerry cartoons. The, Sam yeah, Raimi must have yeah. weaned himself on that stuff. The, the violence, the violence of it. Yeah, probably more that than even Looney Tunes. I don't remember who Antonio Fargas is in this movie. I couldn't spot him. I think he he ended up having very little to do. There's a the one shot I remember of him is there's a he's an old blind guy and he's there's a shot of a silhouette of him walking his dog. I remember that, but I did, okay, awesome. that's him. All right. And how he fits into the story, I don't know. I can't remember. Mrs. Trent, you better get back to your apartment. There are a couple of maniacs loose in the building. Wow. And they're making a movie. Yeah, making a movie. Louise Lesser, um, that was a thrill. It was very much after Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, and very much after Woody Allen. Um, and she was always very nice to me. Uh, but I guess she made their lives crazy. There's a famous story that um, she was going to do her own makeup. She didn't want anybody touching her to do her own makeup. And so the first day she came out of her set in full clown white. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. also amazing good lord i mean there wouldn't be home alone if it weren't for this movie well that's true that's absolutely true i think this is actually funnier than home alone oh i do too i'm not a, necessarily a big fan of that franchise yeah. but but yeah. you know this is a, this is some innovative stuff i mean you can see where they were going with dark man and then with you know raising arizona like that kind of kinetic comedy right. was they, uh, I will, I will sort of pat myself on the back because I had many conversations with Sam about, you know, you can't just make comic book movies. You really just can't do it. You're too talented for that. And he was at that point, I don't think interested in anything except comic book movies. And he's made a couple of really serious movies. He has. Um, I think a, a, a simple plan is a, yeah. an unheralded classic, actually. I think that was the first one, wasn't it? That he it was, the yeah, first... the first purely serious kind of drama thriller he did. Right, right. And then he did that paranormal one with Kate Blanchett, um, where she plays the the psychic in that small southern town. Great, great stuff. I did not see that. 
Sweetest guy. So nice. Very sweet. And it's a it's one of the great sadnesses of my life, actually, and my career that we that the movie is such a painful thing for him. Um, and I have people that know him, uh, friends of mine that know him. And I and I, and I just keep waiting for somebody to say, you and Sam should see each other. And yeah. Have dinner and talk about it all. I would. Can you good sisters corroborate this young lady's story? They can't speak. They've taken their vow of eternal silence. Um, it would, that is a shame that that hasn't happened. I hope it does happen. Well, I, that... I hope so. I hope so, too. Um, Fran Kranz, who did Mass, is friends with Sam. And um, he sort of dropped that not too long ago that he was friends with Sam. And I said, did Sam see Mass? He says, I don't know. He, we've never talked about it. And I thought, well, how close are you if you made a big movie and he's never, anyhow. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, he, he watches the show, so I, I, I'm sure he'll be you know, <laughs> after, after okay. this. Yeah, I'll get a phone call later today. Um, it, Bruce does a, a um, video, audio commentary on the Blu-ray. And uh, I listened to it. And at one point, I'm doing something on the screen. And he sort of goes, yeah, I don't know why Reed didn't have a film career. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> right back at you, buddy. I mean, you could kind of say the same thing about him. So, well, you he's know. Had, he's had a cult uh, yeah. career. Um, and he's, and he's gone on yeah, to he... very, very important stuff. So let's, you know. <laughs> He does. He does sort of admit at one point towards the end. He said he's uh, Reed is having a, a very nice stage career. Okay. This was, this was recorded, I think, in 2013. So I hadn't, I hadn't really had all <laughs> triumphs yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Tony Awards and all of that. That all came later. It's not yeah. to be, not to be seen. Now that I'm thinking about it, somebody actually said to me not long ago, Bruce Campbell says hi. So, you know, there's some communication there. Good. He probably wants some money too, I would think, but <laughs> um, no, I love Bruce Campbell. And, and I was thinking in this one, I, I don't know why I hadn't thought of this before, but I think, I think somebody owes Bruce Campbell some money and that's, uh, that's, um, you know, uh, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, oh, yeah. I think, owes his entire career yeah, to Bruce yeah, Campbell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Right, that's interesting. I've never thought about that before, but it's... I, did, I was watching today when I was reviewing stuff. I was like, wow, that is really, like, way yeah. before Bruce Campbell, uh, before uh, Jim he Carrey. was doing that. Jim that's, Carrey was doing that. Not, not as annoying as Jim Carrey. Would say. So, you know, um, no. we, we do a couple of uh, set pieces on, on the show. Okay. Uh, as when we wind it down, which is to, uh, we talk about uh, what we would uh, watch as a double feature with oh. uh, the film. Do you have any? Look out, man, There's no. <laughs> what would what would you pair this movie with? Well, what would you pair it with, Matt? Mine was uh, something wild. Oh, the Jeff Daniels, uh, Melanie Griffith thing. John yeah. Demi movie. That's a great. Uh, that's a great one. Interesting. Yeah. I haven't seen that since it came out. Um, very vague memories of that. 
Um, it's a long time ago. Um, how about you, Tony? What would you pair it with? Well, I I think that um, I really got to go with like a double bill with just like a two hour program of of Tom and Jerry cartoons and Max Fleischer cartoons because yeah. because I mean you could you could watch those and then watch Crime Wave and see them literally recreate these completely surreal Max Fleischer bits. Right. Even with like the sounds that the bad guys make, the dubbed voices sound just like the dubbed voices from those crazy old twenties cartoons. I I would really just love to see that. And then maybe like, you could also see a midnight showing of Skidoo right after this. (laughs) Have you done Skidoo yet? We haven't. That's something we should really do, man. Oh, I just watched it for the first time. Oh, you, Oh, Congratulations. Wow. You wow. got you got to it. It's important. It's important viewing. I remember when it came out, sort of like, huh, that seems kind of crazy. I should watch that. Yeah. 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 Kind of crazy is right. Kind of crazy. They were really all on something. That is do you know about that movie, Matthew? No. Wow. Oh. It's it's kind yeah. of one of the most extreme cult classics around. There's a very nice Blu-ray that's come out of it. I would think so. Arrow right. releasing? Who does it? Oh, I think it's Kino Lober. Kino, okay. Did that, but Kino didn't. Um, wait, I'll tell you the the company that re- released us uh, originally. Um, What's the trouble, son? Some maniacs are after my girl, and I wonder if you'd let me take your. Do you love her, son? I do. That was the day Sam promised me a part in any movie he made. Wow. Because <laughs> your wow. handling of I reckon I reckon I do is like I gotta have him in everything. <laughs> well they said Um What is the Shout Factory? That's Oh Shout Factory, yeah. They put out they they do good work. They, they do great put, stuff. They put us out. Um I have to pick it up. Probably five years ago. Have you so, always embraced this movie, Reed? I was really proud. I am really proud of the movie. I, I mean, look, it was a complete failure. And uh, and then it hurts my feelings that the Coen brothers and and Sam have rejected it. Right. Um, I would imagine, yeah. You know, because we, we really, ha- I mean, I understand why they did, because they really were tortured in a way that I was not. Um. But I am I am proud of it. And looking back on it now, it's it was my first leading role, and I may say maybe my only the only movie I'm the center of. Uh-huh. Um, so and I'm really cute. You are really cute, Reed. I didn't know how cute I was. You were cuter than you possible. Were it's terrible. You had great flopping hair. It was, it, yeah. Like, yeah. Dimple and the whole thing. Oh, man. Was, uh, I, think, I think they liked my Harold Lloydness. Okay. I think what they responded. That to makes me. sense. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Chapter one The Perfect Woman. Was Preston Sturgis ever evoked on set? Not that I can remember. It was my idea to have the book too, how to talk to girls. That was that's was, right out of Preston Sturge's playbook. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. 
Another thing we do is we we recast the movie. Mm. Um, with somebody from today. Yeah, with people f- or or from what we whatever we want. We so you get, you, in other words, you're finally going to get Bruce Campbell in here in the lead. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I, I uh, we do like recast from the past. Yeah. We recast with modern actors. I decided to do an ironic recasting. Yeah. So you would be replaced by Jesse Eisenberg. In the in the new version, that is completely my response. Matthew. It would be Jesse Eisenberg. Bruce would be John Hamm. Yeah. Brian James would be Steve Buscemi. Yes. Paul Smith would be Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> I think Paul Smith. I, I, may I disagree only in that I think it would be Dave Bautista who would be. Uh, That's right. Paul Smith. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, Sheree Wilson would be Michelle Williams. Yeah, in everything. Great. Yeah. I can see. I really see that. Totally. I lost touch with Sheree too, which which um, makes me sad. We had a, a great time. She was so beautiful. She looked like Grace Kelly. She's and, uh, lovely. Um, she went on to do Texas Ranger. Walker, Texas. Oh, Ranger. wow. I think she was on that for many, many years. And um, I ran into her at L- in L.A. at an audition. Oh, God, probably in 1990, um, many years afterwards. But it was pre-internet. And I tried to find her. I think she lives in Texas now. I think she married a rich guy and lives in Texas and is a, you know, has charities and that kind of stuff. Oh, Still looks great in the, the most recent pictures I've seen. Had a son. Um, I, I, yeah. You're under citizen's arrest, fella! Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good line, too. Yes. Just the foot kicking through the... There's the simple, these simple gags that you haven't seen in 60 years play so well today. They do. But do you think they could make a movie as uh, rough around the edges and as sort of naive as, as Crime Wave now? I don't know. Maybe. I think so, but I think you'd probably... You, I see more stuff like that like on YouTube, like people are ah. making stuff, but the studios right. aren't paying for it, unfortunately. Right. right. Um, but yeah, they're, I, I think so. I mean, and, Ra- and Raimi, admittedly, I think was hugely influential for a whole generation of filmmakers. Yeah. And, you know, you can say that Coen brothers obviously are too, but you know, after, you know, if you really look at evil dead, you see a lot of the moves that the Coen brothers got known for early on were kind of were from, from him. Yeah. Um, I really the, the Coen brothers whole time. never used me. I was friendlier with Ethan than Joel. Joel is a complete opaque creature. Um, and and I've gone in and auditioned for tiny parts uh-huh. in their movies, and the last one I went on was for Hail Caesar, and um, and then I I walked out of there and I called my agent. And I said, "That's it. I'm not I'm not auditioning for them. these guys. Know me? Anyway. Yeah, yeah. And it's embarrassing and humiliating for me to go in at this point. And yeah, jump around in front of them, hoping that 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 is a a, a shame that they feel they have to bear down on something obviously you have taste and can do this like what you know how hard is these is this scene that you've written you know i mean they're yeah it's I, an honor I i'm just fun to be in them i'm sure and, and having done it but it's I'm not worth all that man of the Cone brothers to begin with so it's not such a hardship right right I'm. I don't know where I am with them now they, they I, I used to, i used to be a champion of theirs and um 
I used to be a champion of a lot of people. I'm not. I'm not anymore. And champion what's changed? Why? What do you think they've changed or you've changed? Maybe a little bit of both, but I think that I, I, ultimately I, I end up feeling there's something kind of um, juvenile about uh, the the kind of nihilism that they're that they're into. Tell them it's a two for one sale. Uh, you know, I, I it's every few movies I'll I'll love one, but then there's but lately there's been more that I'm just like I don't I'm not well, feeling you're, it. You're better than I am because I just stopped going. I did love No Country for Old Men. But... Love that. I mean, Barton Fink was a movie that got me wanting to make movies. Partly that movie spoke to me. Um, Miller's Crossing. Early, you know, they're early stuff, but you could say that about so many people. I don't, well, I... they're, they're always beautifully made. And, you know, but my, my feeling even as far back as Blood Simple is that their movies are movies about movies, that all of the emotions are movie emotions. And they're one generation away from the actual thing and and sam you know they're all based because they're young filmmakers their their influence is other films not actual life experiences is what it struck me as and so um well there's no hope for me reed thanks for having me on the show (laughs) i'd like to see your stuff tony (laughs) sure you would yeah i've heard that <laughs> well, on that note, maybe we should wrap it up then. Okay, this has been really fun. Reed, I, thank you so much. I, I had a blast seeing this, and I, I'm so glad. I, I, thought, I, I haven't really thought this much about Crime Wave in a very, very long time. So, but do oh. go look at the, the thing on YouTube. Uh, the disaster that almost was or something like that. I will definitely check it out. And I'm going to pick up the Blu-ray too because I want to learn more about what it was like on that set. The music is pulling us out. Getting louder and louder. I don't even know what to say. Next week, next week, suddenly from 1954, Frank Sinatra, Sterling Hayden. Can anybody hear us? I don't know. Reed, have you ever seen Suddenly? Yeah. I did see Suddenly, yeah. That was his uh, comeback after um, Manchurian Candidate, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know the timing on it, but I know I've seen it, and it's no. He did Manchurian Candidate as a result of having played as an assassin in Suddenly. There we oh, go. okay, yeah, because yeah. this looked earlier. Yeah, right. Yeah. So next week, 1954, Suddenly with Frank Sinatra and Sterling Hayden and Reed. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to sit so down, fun. so much fun. chat with you about the craft. Grounded. <laughs> um, <laughs> see you both yeah. soon. Yeah. Incredibly grounded work. All right. See you all next week, everybody. Right. So long. I'm the Papa, sweetheart. <laughs> and the show doesn't stop. It just Take keeps going. Out. Take us out, Elliot. Take make us it out. Stop. I'm the Papa, sweetheart. <laughs> Talking about cocktails that are stylish, movies great or phony, and how Tony should win and Matthew, then Matthew should win the Tony. Talking about film in the meantime. The Arkin Brothers talk about movies. 
You've been listening to the Arkin Brothers talk about movies. That's my brother, Matthew Arkin. And that's my brother, Anthony Arkin. And we are interesting, irreverent, and irrelevant. But you can follow us on Instagram anyway. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch. And you can do it all on our website. Just follow the link on your podcast app. Or if you really want to stalk us, head over to arkinbros.com. You'll learn more about us than anyone would ever want to know.